I'm okay. That's it. We're live. We are streaming to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Well, wow. and yeah, I thought you know we just you know spread a wide net. Why not? Let's go for it. So this is our second live stream, and tonight we are talking about a 1988 movie called The Beast of War. And not many people are going to know this movie. This um, this movie is also known as The Beast. Uh, but typically, sort of on IMDb and places like that, it's known as the Beast of War. And you think, well, why are we doing the Beast of War? This little-known movie, and it's because one of our Instagram followers called Nick actually um, suggested it to us. Uh, that was about a month or so ago, and um, I thought, okay, so we passed it around the team, and um, we thought, yeah, let's do it. Speaking of the team, I've got Samir with me. Hi, right. guys. <laughs> yeah, good mate. You? Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this one actually. Really, am looking forward to this one. Yeah, it probably here. gives it away, doesn't it? Probably gives yeah. it away. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Justin with us again. He had prior arrangements, so that's two weeks on the trot, two weeks on the bounce. Oh well, well you broke, my move on. <laughs> broke my heart. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. All right, let's get to it, shall we? I want to try something a little bit different uh, this week. I mentioned it to both you and Justin earlier in the week. Bear with me a sec. The Beast of War. And we're going to get a little bit technical here. So I'm going to switch into spotlight mode. So if you're listening to this, then what I'm doing is I'm actually going to show my office TV. All right. Okay, so... You can see that I've got the Beast of War up here and all the details. Uh, so it's got a little bit of an interactive kind of thing where I'm going to go through some of the cast and the director and stuff like that. Like I do normally, but we're going to do it in pictorial mode. So uh, this movie synopsis. During the war in Afghanistan, a Soviet tank crew commanded by a tyrannical officer find themselves lost and in a struggle against a band of Mujahideen guerrillas in the mountains. The cast. We have, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. George Dzunja, I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to call him George D, just for argument's yeah. sake. Make it nice and easy. Uh, apparently a German-born actor. Um, featured in films such as Basic Instinct, Michael mm -hmm. Douglas, Sharon Stone. In fact, I think if I click into him, yeah. So here we are, Basic Instinct, uh, Beast of War, Dangerous Minds. Okay, yep. fair enough. And one of the most famous movies he actually starred with was Deer Hunter. Was it? Yeah. He was ah, one yes. of the friends. He was one of the guy who owned the bar. If you remember, there was one of the guys, their friends who owned the bar. Who didn't? I don't think he went to Vietnam, and I think it was him. All right, okay. I'm surprised because I actually own Deer Hunter, and it's not showing up in, these, um, in that list of movies there. But I do have it in my notes, so well remembered. Yeah. Well. Christopher Vulcan, Robert De Niro, and Mel Streep, uh, Streep starred in it, obviously. Um, yes. Crimson Tide as well with Denzel Washington Gene Hackman. So kind of an actor that's quite well connected in terms of movies and, and actors, but never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's yeah. one of those guys who does uh, act in uh, big movies, but he's not, how can I say, a household name. It's not like if you see a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you see him in a, a small production like this was, I think, uh, at the time. Um, 
well, it is not. It, well, I don't think it was. You would know that it's Arnie, even if it was that sort of production. But this guy mm. is one of those bit actors where he does. He's like the co-co-stars uh, uh, in most movies, and he's not the main co-star. If you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. he's the co-star of the co-star. Jason Patrick is the next guy in this. Um, it's obviously starred in this movie. He was the main protagonist in this movie. And uh, Big Kill, never heard of it. <laughs> and Narc, 2002 movie that uh, that had um, what was it? it? Was Ray Liotta, I think, in that? Yes, Ray Liotta that starred in that. Um, pretty good film, actually. Narc. I've only ever seen it once, but I do remember it quite well. Um, Jason Patrick, also in Lost Boys, classic 80s movie. Oh yeah, wasn't he the good guy in Lost yeah, Boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the main guy in that. Yeah. Um, Sleepers, which I've never seen, and Speed Two. Good. Yeah. Have you seen yeah, he took, yeah, I've seen it. It's about uh, a gang of kids uh, who were brought up in um, Hell's Kitchen in New York. And I think they do something. They kill someone and they go to one of those kids' centres and the guards. If I remember correctly, it was Kevin Bacon uh, basically abuses them. And then they want to take revenge. And I think Mini Driver's in it. Kevin Bacon's in it. I think Robert De Niro's in it. And it's a really good story. No, and Dustin Hoffman is in it as well. And it's a really good movie how he goes away and becomes a lawyer. But these other two guys become sort of gangsters who are with him in that sort of um, kids reform uh, place. Yeah. And they want to kill Kevin Bacon or they kill Kevin Bacon and then he takes them on as a lawyer for their trial right. or something. Yeah. Something about that sounds familiar. I may have seen that. I just don't remember mm-hmm. it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen Bauer. Um, I was actually really quite impressed with Stephen Bauer in this film. Um, but yeah. obviously Cuban actor, Cuban-born Havana, um, yeah. mostly known for his performance in Scarface 1983 with Al Pacino. Yes. Um he was in a movie called Traffic in the year 2000 that was released. He's got a very, very career. He was actually in a Eurythmics music video. Um, he's done a lot of TV movies, a lot of TV director video movies. Um, he's done some TV shows. He appeared in Ray Donovan, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. And he's also done some video game voiceover. So, you know, quite a mixed career on that. He was uh, uh, one of those guys who was meant to have the big breakthrough after Scarface with Al Pacino, but didn't quite make it. I don't right. know why. I don't know why, because he did perform really well in that. Uh, and, yeah, he's. I think he actually did the voiceover of the actual Scarface uh, video games. Yeah, yeah, I think he did appear as Manny, kind of, yeah. or... Yeah, someone, yeah, someone else in that game. Oh. Um, one of the lesser-known Baldwins, Stephen Baldwin, appeared in this. Yes. Um, one of four brothers, and they've all been done some kind of acting. Yes. Um, it's we won't Elliot. talk about. Yeah, we won't talk about him and what happened. No, <laughs> no, no. no um, So Stephen is mostly known for Usual Suspects. Um, yes. 
and yeah, there's a story behind that, which I briefly go into. Samir lent me that film many, many years ago, and he said, oh, you're going to love this film. It's brilliant. You're going to love the twist at the end of it, and it's absolutely brilliant. And I thought, okay, we'll give it a go. So I watched the film, and I quite enjoyed the film. It was all right, but I was like, well, where's the twist? It was obvious it was fucking what, Kevin Spacey. All throughout, it was obvious it was, <laughs> yeah. where's the fucking twist? So I was actually quite disappointed. So I gave Samir the DVD back and said, well, where, you know, where's the fucking twist, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, well. Yeah, yeah never um, mind. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Usual suspects I've just mentioned. Uh, a film called Biodome with Paulie Shaw. Paulie Shaw, a comedian. Um, you may know Paulie Shaw. Uh, and another lesser known film called Posse, which is directed by Mario Van Peebles. Have uh, you ever seen that? Ever, ever heard of Posse? Mario, I've heard of Mario Van Peebles. Isn't he the guy in Highlander 3 or something? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Mary Van Peebles, um, he was in one of the Jaws movies as well. He played a Jamaican fella. Um, I think it might have been Jaws 3 with Michael Caine. Ridiculous. Okay. Not a very good film, Posse, right. but still. Don Harvey. Now, this guy's a bit of a dark horse, actually. Don Harvey. Um, a bit, I, I've got in my notes, he's a bit like Kevin Bacon. He, um, he's been in a lot of movies with a lot of big names. And I'm just going to read a few off. The Untouchables with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. He was in a couple of episodes of Miami Vice. Okay. Casualties of War, Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. Appeared in Die Hard 2. Um, he's also done some video game voiceovers. And he's been in TV shows like Yellowstone and Better Call Saul. So he's worked alongside some big names in his career. But unlike Kevin uh, Bacon, he hasn't got... E.E. Edwards or, or, or any other Edwards in his contract. Oh, uh, no. Not, and, not, not selling mobile phone contracts, no. No. And not only that, I uh, haven't heard of him like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's amazing. But I, I suppose I said a bit like Kevin Bacon, the fact he's kind of connected to everybody. A lot of, yes. a lot of connections. The final guy I'm going to mention is Kabir Bedi. Now, I only know him through our Octopussy movie review. Uh, until then, I'd never heard of him. But, um, yeah, he seems to do a lot of TV work in the 80s. He was in Dynasty and Knight Rider, I believe, briefly. Yes. Um, but most of his work seems to be from um, India. He's native yeah. country India. The funny thing yeah. is he's, he did a thing called Shaban or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but a massive show in Italy, and he's a heart, a heart throb even to this day. He's He, he was... Just recently, uh, after we did Octopussy, I thought, okay, I'll find him on Instagram and follow him. Yeah. And he did a bit equivalent to Big Brother in Italy, and everyone loves him because he did something in the 80s, was so big that uh, <clears throat> that he's one of the most famous, or not, if not the most famous Ita- Italian actor, although he's not Italian. <laughs> what? That doesn't make sense. He's that big in Italy. He's uh, bigger than uh, a, a Italian native. I mean, his uh, TV show was mega big. It was like, even after 30 years or 40 years of uh, it ended, everywhere it goes, ah, they know his name. They go, Kabir, you're whatever it was. It began with S. I can't remember. It might be Sebastian, whatever, or something like that. But bloody hell, he's massive. Everyone loves him in Italy. Weird. Yeah. That's amazing. Things, things like yeah, uh, 
strange. Um, it's like really, um, uh, you and I being in EastEnders uh, and basically, or something like that, and then becoming Hollywood stars, and uh, no one know, knew us beside our native country, and then we come back, go to another country, and become bigger, bigger stars, and whatever, something like that. Well, I'd like to, yeah, if you yeah. can get it, why not? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna finish up on um, budget, eight million dollars for this movie. And it grossed, you probably know this, you probably looked it up, but it grossed $161, $161,000, I should say, at the box office. Not a good return as a accountant, so, sir. <laughs> yeah, absolute fucking commercial failure. Yeah. I understand absolute why. Flop. Well, I suppose, no, no, not contentious issue. I don't know. It did win an award, though. It won an award at the Cleveland International Film Festival. <laughs> Has anyone heard of that, guys? Anyone? No. no. Won the best film, though. <laughs> no wonder um, why no one's heard of Cleveland uh, Film Awards. Yeah. I thought to myself, why did this film flop? Why did this film not make it? So yeah. I decided to look it up, and it was competing with, in 1988, Die Hard, Heather's, Rain Man was Rain it was Rambo eighty eight. I think Rambo two, I think was eighty eight. Commando was eight eighty seven or eighty eight, if I remember correctly. Mm. So Die Hard Heathers, Rain Man and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All of those films are very memorable in terms yeah. of promotion and <clears throat> being readily available at the time. Um so it was competing against them. <sighs> A bit disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. I wonder, um, I bet you that director never worked again in Hollywood after that. Kevin Reynolds, um, American born director. Well, you say that he he made a coming of age movie that starred Kevin Costner called Fandango, Indeed. and that got his break. And I think the next film he directed was this The Beast of War, and then after that, he directed Waterworld. He directed Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And right. He also directed 187, which starred Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, so a lot of movies with Kevin Costner. And, and two um, mega flops. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of movies that could have become epic. You know, they were just on that sort of tipping point. You know, they had the right cast. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, so he did work, yes, but um, unfortunately, it just didn't do well. It seemed like a timing thing to me. Although, although Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was absolutely dog shit. <laughs> Thank goodness you said that. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I never liked that film. The only thing that redeemed that film was Alan Alan Rickman, um, and probably so, Brian Adams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated that song now. Then I hate it now. Um, <laughs> Average reviews, so IMDb average is a 7.3. And Rotten Tomatoes score, 85% out of 100. Ooh. So not bad. Not, not bad, bad at all. Yeah. So that's the that's my details and cast and stuff. Um, yeah. Ooh. That's my little intro. Do you have anything you want to bring up at this point, Samir? Any facts or any details you want to bring up? Yeah, there's uh, quite a few things. I, I, first of all, I want to uh, connect the beginning of the movie sort of thing. Uh, it wasn't the Russian army. It was the Soviet army. Uh, 
as we need to know it as the Union of the Soviet Socialist Republics. And um, I'm going to mention the countries within that uh, sort of thing, because I think we sometimes get a wrong impression or did get the wrong impression in the West. When we spoke about the Soviet Union, it was only Russia. It wasn't uh, only Russia. So there was Moldova, Estonia, Latvia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, yeah, all the stands. Uh, all the stands. <laughs> um, so um, you had those, and that is 11, roughly 11 countries uh, there. Baku, uh, Ajay, Abidjistan, I can't even say it. Oh, uh, Azerbaijan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So you had those, and you had a few more. So that was the Soviet Union sort of thing. And when we look at these movies, you always see or many see Slavic soldiers, people of uh, Slav blood, like we did with the crew. People don't realise it wasn't like that. The Soviet army was com- completely different to what we were brainwashed with in the West. So I just wanted to say that um, it was a multinational army and um, also um, during the uh, Afghan wars, I'm going probably a little bit too deep because it was just about my knowledge. Um, There were actually other people of um, the Muslim faith fighting Within the so for the Soviets because they were part of the Soviet system, so that was mm-hmm. one thing as well. Um, they went in to Afghanistan in seventy nine, and it was the reason was was basically they were trying to pop up and keep the Samir's mm, dropped by the looks of it. Technical issues by the looks of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Samir will be back facing. Ah, hi. You're back. Yeah, you I'm back. Out there briefly. Yeah. 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 So, so I was going to say they were trying to pop up uh, the actual government, the communist government of Afghanistan at the time, and that's why they went in. It was like it's been like that, and it's uh, throughout history anyway. One, one or the other side is always involved in some sort of war to influence the local national government. So that was the other thing. Um, the movie um so the war started in 79 mm. finished in 89 and so uh, some people will say it also calls the collapse of the soviet union because of the economy the mujahideen were supported by cia the weapons were given by cia and stuff like that yeah and they were the ones who bit us in the backside in the end because they became Taliban and something else. They're split into two groups and one became Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda was uh, Taliban, Al-Qaeda and someone else as well. I think it was called the Northern Alliance or something. So, yeah. So that was the history of uh, that war. It was basically East versus West uh, capitalist or democratic, so-called democratic system versus communist system. And, uh, yeah. And we used the Mujahideen, the West used the Mujahideen, not us personally, you and I, um, as a proxy sort of war to uh, be front of um, overthrowing the Communist Party there and the, giving the Soviets a hard time. So that's the basics of this actual movie. 
showing mm. what the uh, Soviets were doing in villages, in towns, and places. Like for the first, for example, the first twelve minutes of the movie. Jeez, I've never seen such a movie in my life. Bloody hell, blowing everything. Pretty cold. intense. Yeah, it's pretty intense that first twelve minutes. Yeah. Uh, introducing the T-55 tank, which was uh, caught uh, by the Israelis during the six-day war between Arab Egypt and uh, Israel. And um, it's an interesting story how they got that uh, tank. So the directors went to Israel, Tel Aviv, if I remember that correctly, and they were sort of having meals and then a few drinks, and they brought it from the Israeli defence uh, unit. Um, the tanks because they had captured that so the T-55 actually was caught during this 1972 war uh, between right. the two nations um, and uh, they call it the Six Day Na uh, War so yeah that was quite interesting the movie itself I was glad when I found out it was done actually in Israel in the Middle East because that looks quite close to Afghanistan uh, compared to if it was done in, let's say, one of the sort of desert uh, states in America. So yeah, is, like New yeah. Las Vegas or New Mexico yeah. or something, yeah. yeah. Exactly, because of the plantation. You can tell the plantation straight away, mm. all those desert, everyone's like, oh, it looks the same. No, there's different colour sand as well. So I'm going into details about this. Um, so I was really glad about that. Um, yeah, so... It, it, it's one of the things I enjoyed actually about that is that, is that it looked authentic, definitely. Yes. Um, and, and some of the shots on it as well, the wide angled shots where it would pan over the rock like a cliff face and then pan into the actual desert. And then, the then you'd see the tank come from around and sort of trundling along. There's wide angle shots. You know what? It's in some, some cases, those wide angle shots actually remind me of a Ridley Scott movie, his directing yes. style, because there was a lot of them to give that real sense of kind of isolation and the fact that these guys are in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And they exactly. are proper fucked. <laughs> well, it was quite, you know, when you were saying it wasn't a hit sort of thing, you had to compete with Die Hard and stuff like that. I was watching this and it was like a quite a, how can I put it? The music made it feel really depressing because you are a bit of nowhere. You're stuck in this uh, tank. Uh, you've got all these mujahideens after you, uh, which, in a way, well, there's a reason for that because they basically uh, crush a person with a tank. And when I was, when they sh showed that scene, it was like mince meat. If you remember yeah. the show, yeah, 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 and, yeah. It, and I just thought, bloody hell, yes, that just that scene was pretty intense. Um, yeah, obviously we don't want to ruin it for people, but um, there is a particular scene at the very beginning of the movie where they're taught they want to torture um, one of the mujahideen that's fought against them, destroying their home village, and um, one of the yeah uh, to torture him. They threaten to drive over him with a tank. Um, yeah. It's yeah, pretty harsh. I mean, it, there's no the thing I quite liked about that is it was done without the need of gratuitous gore. Yes. It was, you knew what was going to happen, and it happened, and you know you thought, "Fucking hell, that's enough." I, I yeah. think um, the bit you know when they go onto his feet and then the 
turn straight into the tank and then you just hear the crushing noise. I mean, that gave you enough uh, shivers mm. going through your body, basically, going through your spine, thinking, bloody hell. And um, I always forget his actual name in the movie. Uh, the guy who was driving, he was the sort of rebel of the group. Who constantly think that's it? You could tell from his face, going, "Why? Why are we doing this?" Sort of thing. Yeah, and that, that's actually one of the things that um, I did give this a a mark against was the fact that we've kind of seen that before in a lot of war no. movies. It's a bit of a trope at this point. Um, you know, you've always got the disaffected kind of um, what was he? He was a philosophy student, wasn't he? Back in yes, back somewhere in Russia. So therefore. Yeah, they taught him how to think as opposed to just taught him how to follow orders. And and then he ends up kind of um, asking questions about uh, the Mujahideen and the Afghani people and, and their culture and stuff. So yeah, we've seen that many times before in war movies, but there's always one in the group that empathises with the enemy and wants to understand them and stuff and, yeah. you know, just switches sides at a drop of a hat, <laughs> which... Uh, yeah, I don't think that would happen uh, in real life, obviously, because um, you would see so many of your uh, fellow soldiers being chopped up or being blown up by bombs or whatever it is, or explosions and stuff like that. In the end, you would be saying, hold on, yeah, the other side is our human beings like us, but They've, they've spilled blood, Russian or oh, Soviet blood, for argument's sake. I'm just giving an example of this movie. You're not going to say, oh, "Okay, I'm going to uh, go after this this tank with the Mujahideen um, and blow it up and kill, and make sure the commander gets killed uh, by the women in the end of the movie, whatever stoned or whatever they did." It wouldn't happen. Yeah, I, I did feel that. Um, obviously, this is an American slant. Yeah. It's American actors, American financed, American actors playing the Russians, which I did find a little bit immersion breaking, a bit of a shame. Yes. But if they were genuine Russian actors, then I think that this film would have been even less well known. Sorry, less known. Um, no. But yeah, so it obviously did have that American slant. So it was a bit of American propaganda piece as well, I suppose. It was kind of, I suppose, if you said that that war lasted to 89. Then obviously it was on a downward slope for Russia or the Soviets. It was a downward slope. So release this in film it in eighty seven, release it in eighty eight. It's kind of depicting the, uh, the the decline, isn't it, of that conflict? Yeah, it was. Uh, they call it the Soviet Vietnam sort of thing because uh, it, it was like uh, what happened to the states in America, uh, to the, uh, the states in Vietnam, uh, in a sense. Uh, the guys were uh, basically doing guerrilla warfare. They knew the actual place much better. Uh, and it doesn't matter how modern your technology is, if someone knows that at the desert better than you, they'll always win. And if they know the jungle better. I think this is what the movies are really saying up to a point as well. But as you say, it was also propaganda at the time. Uh, we saw had the East versus West, USSR versus USA, and mm-hmm. Western Europe, etc. 
And they'll try to say, look, look at these uh, evil Soviets. Look at the Russians. They'll crush people with tanks. They'll do this and that. I don't know if you felt the same when you were a kid, but when I was a certain age, when I used to see the Red Star, I used to shit myself, thinking, oh, my God, that this is really scary. The, the Red Star, I know. You know, the, the Red Star and the Soviet uh, tanks mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was just one of those things. It was, uh, I think it was just because I was, as a kid, I was really into uh, foreign affairs. I know I was quite a boring kid, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I used to read about all these things, what the Soviets, so called, what the Soviets had allegedly, allegedly done. And I used to, it used to scare me. But now looking back, I'm thinking, why? Because I'm sure. I don't want to get too political, but I'm sure our armies have done something similar in well, other parts of the world. That's the thing, isn't it? Is that there's a few scenes in this movie where it's depicted them poisoning water sources. Yes. Um, and I'm not. I don't know if that happened or if it not. But I'm pretty sure. That, oh, and chemical warfare as well. There was one part where they. Yeah. They drop a canister or something, don't they? And it gases. Yeah. Yeah. So that's against like Geneva Convention rules, as far as I'm aware. So there was war crimes being depicted in this movie, which I'm not entirely sure. Religion. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I, we weren't there, yeah. and it's war, and not only that, as 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 you mentioned, is propaganda. Could be propaganda. Mm. I'm not saying it's true or not true. Maybe true. The only way we can find out is ask. Someone who actually fought in uh, Afghanistan from either the Soviet side or the Russian side or whatever, or the Mujahideen, uh, whoever was there. And I don't think any of them will be watching YouTube uh, or watching us on <laughs> live stream. Uh, <clears throat> so, but what I would like to say, if this does go to any of those countries, just put a message saying, well, you know, is, was this true? I would like to know from both sides. I know we're talking about movie, but it'll be quite interesting to know. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, it would be uh, to someone that's experienced that, or someone who has got a, you know, a relative that experienced that. Yeah, just to, exactly. to hear about it from a different point, different angle, I guess. Yeah. yeah, nothing's learned though, is it in Afghanistan? From what I can tell, fuck all's learned. I mean, you've got the Russians. Oh. Well, no, I I learned through this film doing research that there was something called the Great Game. If you're aware of this, are you talking about? Are you talking about us invading uh, yes. the UK? Yeah, yeah. So Great Britain trying to take well, Afghanistan because they were thinking that it was going to be a buffer between Russian Empire and the English Empire, the British Empire, and there was all this fuckery going on then, and everyone yep. retreated, got their ass kicked, and backed off and whatnot. Then you got like the Russians going in in the yep. late seventies, and then us and the Americans did it again. In, in the early yeah. 2000s, and that ended up fucking terrible. I mean, with the, the withdrawal that happened recently with $83 billion worth of weaponry left over there and all that shit, absolute fucking mess. We never learned. No, so you're talking about uh, the first invasion. We, I don't know if you know, but we, uh, when I mean we, I mean not you and I, I just want to emphasise this to anyone watching. I mean, Great Britain, when Britain had an empire, uh, we tried to go there twice. We went to Afghanistan twice and we were beaten twice. In the end, we had to have a truce after the second war and saying, okay, you don't, you make sure that we have our troops there, but we don't, it's never going to be a 
colony of Britain because the Afghans have never been colonized. Uh, so they gave us a buffer zone between India, which was the British Empire, and Russia. But they've never been taken over. Whoever's gone there to fight have come back uh, defeated and weaker. Yeah. And I always say to people who know their history, well, I said, okay, we're talking about America being the most powerful army to go there. That's not a fact. It was a British army, which was the most powerful army to go there when, during the empire time. If you compare it to equal to modern times, it was more powerful than the Soviet army and the American army. It was that powerful. I mean, it was like 20 years technology-wise. It was 15, 20 years ahead of everyone else. I don't think America's that much ahead of everyone else in that sense. And that's the mm. thing about the British Army. And we got our ass ripped twice. Yeah. There. No one's taken Afghanistan and no one seems to no. have learned from that. No. Amazing, really. Absolutely I thought you amazing. would give up, wouldn't you, after, after a while? Well, I guess every, well, there's one born every minute, isn't there? So yeah. each new, new person thinks they can take it. Oh, I know what they did wrong. <clears throat> I think we can do it. I think the last person who came the closest to taking it or just use it as a route to go to India and was quite successful to uh, semi-take it but didn't really take it was Alexander the Great. Mm. And that's a few thousand years ago now. Uh, and even he, I don't think, could take it 100%. He just used it, I think, as a route to go, go to India, I think, and that was the main reason. They probably mm. kicked his backside and kicked him out as well. It's amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's because they're just so spread out, I suppose. And I don't know. The terrain is pretty inhospitable as well. Yes. But I like the Afghani women in this film. And I don't mean from a you know like an attractiveness point of view. I just like the, the spirit. Christ, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what you want, isn't it? That's what you want. You want uh, that kind of spirit standing by your yeah. side, going ready toe-to-toe, go to fucking war with you. Christ. Yeah, uh, and uh, another thing I wanted to say, you know, the main lady who was playing the main Afghan lady, um, how can I put it? She wouldn't be that look young looking because the terrain is so rough and hard on your body that people age early as well, unless you live in Kabul, which is the main city, mm-hmm. where it's still hard, but you, it's like... And it's got, I don't know, 2 million people, so it's different to the rest of the country. But if you live in the middle of nowhere, it's not like, oh, I'm going to pop over to uh, Sainsbury's, Marks and Spencer's, or Waitrose and get my uh, lamb for the evening, or goat, or whatever. Of, yeah. Oil of Yule. Exactly. Moisturiser, yeah. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that was a little bit, little bit artificial. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you think about most of the actors and stuff, you know, as I said, most of American actors, none of them looked particularly Russian. You know, no. Russian tend to have that a particular look about them. Yes. Um, none of them look like that. They're just So there was going to be those types of things. Um, and the actual language they were speaking, I don't know if that was actually, actually Afghani or not. I mean, I guess it was. It is a language called Pashtu. Which is spoken in Afghanistan and parts of Pakistan. Um, actually, I was quite surprised. There was a bit when uh, they found a shallow grave and they said, Go away to the dogs. It was translated. But the funny thing is, 
I understood it because it's very similar to Hindi. That not all of it, but those words were, and I went, huh? Are they saying the same thing? What I say, Jayanti. That means go away from here. Uh, they were saying go away, go away. So that's what I thought. Well, okay, that's only a bit I understood, obviously, because Pashtun and uh, is completely different to Hindi and Gujarati and Indian languages, but it's on the border, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to sort of crossover at times. Yeah. Yeah. So I understood one or two words, but not everything. Uh, when they spoke it, I, I okay, but that that bit when they said "go away to the dogs," I understood that. But that was the only bit I understood. But I was quite <laughs> shocked. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. So I mean, well, I guess that does clarify that the language they were speaking is what they actually speak over there yes uh cool. and the reason why i'm 100 percent sure is because uh when my family member uh, has been to afghanistan to report uh three times and uh they've confirmed that was a language as well so i went okay fair enough so yeah so that mm. was uh double double uh sort of ensured me that I was correct or I was correct mm. reading the correct stuff. Yeah, because there's that translator guy that was with them for a while. There's a, a lot of bits in this film where distrust breaks down. Uh, I like that about this. There's a slow, it's like a rotten tooth in it. It just slowly gets yeah. worse and worse. And you've got the commander of the tank that's looking at their translator who was an Afghani but is actually with the Russians um that I think probably the turning point for me in this film was where he, he orders that guy to stop praying. Yeah. Now I think I mean I don't know much about Islam or that sort of stuff. Same I do know that their praying is is very, very important. Yeah. So for him deliberately, I mean you know what he was doing to force him to stop praying. Yes. I thought, okay, this is the massive turning point in this movie. Um and of course, it just goes on from there, really. But the trust breaks down, and people get ostracized. See, people don't really. He wasn't only a translator, uh, but you know, when he turns around and goes, "By the way, you know, I'm part of. I am a member of the party, and I'm one of the top uh, senior guys." He was a member of the Communist Party in Afghanistan, and that's why his son was on an exchange or education exchange uh, in Moscow. So naturally, mm. he believed in what the Soviets were doing. But the commander of the tank thought that, okay, this guy, yeah, he's saying this, but he's going to really take the side of the Afghans, et cetera, et cetera. And as you say, I think I think it's anyone. I think uh, it depends which stage of evolution the religion has got to or whatever. I don't know if that's the right word to use. But as you know, in Europe, it was very important for the Catholics to pray a long time ago. And like that, mm. I think in Islam, it's very important for them to sort of, when they start praying, you don't disturb them, you let them carry on. So in a way, he, really, like you said, the commander knew that he was being an arsehole to him by saying, oi, can you stop praying and go and check uh, how deep the water is? And he knew, knew the moment he was uh, going to check the water, was gonna, what was going to happen, because uh, what's his name was uh, reading his or writing his diary. Mm. And you, you knew he wasn't looking. Uh, so it was a perfect opportunity for the commander to uh, do what he wanted to do. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that, that book you mentioned, um, that was a, a, a mission log book, wasn't it? So the idea yeah, that's right, being yeah. that you know, everything gets detailed and handed in at the end of the mission, I guess, or when you get back to HQ. 
but yeah, I mean that's that is the decline of um, that character, um, George D. As I mentioned, yeah. I'm going to call him. Uh, he, absolutely he, brilliant actor. Yeah, he became desperate. You could tell he was desperate to get out of there, and it was everything, any excuse to do what he needed to do, what was right for it. He thought was right. But you say desperate to get out of there, so I got the impression with him, um, Commander Daskal is the character name. Um, I got the impression with him, though, that he, had, he just had a death wish. He's, he'd seen combat, he'd done his bit, he'd, he'd lived his whole life with some sort of conflict. I mean, there's a big dialogue in this where he's talking about how when he was eight years of age, people were lowering him down on a rope onto Nazi yeah. tanks and setting them on fire and dropping in grenades and incendiary devices and stuff to blow up the tanks. So since the age of eight, he's lived in some kind of war conflict. So I got the impression from this that he was just ready to check out. He just, yeah. he's, he's done it. He's had enough. He's just going to fucking see it through and another one. one and he was very much a, a party follower in the sense of, the Soviet Union said, okay, if, you get, if we get captured, you blow yourself up. Now, that is a very hard thing to do for any human per, human being. doesn't matter if you're a democratic uh, person who believes in going out to other countries and doing war in the name of democracy or your, or communism or whatever. Everyone values their life. doesn't matter how many wars you've been in. You're not going to say, okay, I'd rather blow myself off. Blow myself off? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blow myself up. Yeah, blow myself up. Not off. Up. <laughs> That's the wrong word. Void uh, slip up. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, you, you blow up. Blow myself yeah, it's, up. It's difficult. It, it takes. It always surprised me. I mean, it's probably on a, a slight tangent here, but yeah, you know, when people say, "Well, the suicide is a coward's way out," I think, no, fuck, it isn't. Takes an awful lot to kill yourself. I mean, that takes some fucking bollocks to, yeah, that's that's turning the light switch off. That's, yeah, I mean, you've got to be really serious to do that. So, yeah, yeah, for um, for somebody to just say, yeah, we're going to die in the name of fucking communism and the Soviet, Jesus Christ, no, yeah, what he like, what he said when he uh, took the pin out of uh, the grenade, because we'll be the hero of uh, our country so the highest uh, title uh, was the hero of the Soviet Union but what's worth receiving the hero of the Soviet Union when you're not there to receive it in person you rather sort yeah. of do something where you actually can wear the medal and say thank you very much I've done so I've served my country or whatever the case is or whatever is equivalent to like our sort of top medal which is um what is it? Victoria Cross, and then there's the Six Star Medal, whatever it is, Medal of Honor, I think, in America. It's all those things. There were certain soldiers would do anything, sacrifice themselves to have those medals. And you think, why? Because the yeah. guy at the top doesn't give a shit. The guy in Washington, Moscow, London doesn't give a shit if you do the that. The thing is, though, I mean, isn't communism <clears throat> is about the collective, isn't it? It's about the collective yes. group of people, right? So, if you were to kill yourself like they were planning to in that tank, like he was planning to, you know, we'll all be heroes. It's just as a sort of a collective term for people that have died in combat. 
So they're not going to give you a medal because, well, isn't that individualism? That's standing out, isn't it, from the rest of the collective? And that's not really what communism is about. It was supposed to be. No, in, no, in it wasn't. In theory, you're right. But I think uh, if you did something like that, you, you used to get the, yeah. this from I mean, the highest you know, medal. What what a shit hot soldier I am! Look at me, I'm brilliant. Yeah. That's completely against communism, surely, in the whole the whole theory of it, the whole idea of it. So it's yeah, like a, die a hero, brilliant. No, so if let's let's say uh, if we're going to this deeply, it's like any of the systems that don't really work the way we think. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's what he was trying to say. We'll be heroes of our a nation, blah blah blah. But nah. You, 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 I, I, I personally wouldn't blow myself up just to be a, a hero for my country. Yeah. I mean, sorry, mate. I mean, that takes not only guns, but I'll be first thing I'll be thinking about shit. My family. If I die, I'll, they'll miss me. That'll be one thing. And I'll be, oh, I won't be able to go down to the pub on Saturday when I go back home. Uh, I'll miss my girlfriend or wife uh, and all that stuff. That will be going in my mind. At that time, I mean, I don't really want to kill myself. No? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say? I'm looking at a human sort of uh, uh, psychology. What would you think if that was a choice you had? I can possibly get out of here if we get the tanks tanks sorted out. And we might go down fighting so you'll die or I might as well commit suicide and die and give up I mean I someone think, um, can it's easier than uh, shooting at you you'll probably find that easier someone kills you than you try to kill yourself yeah well it goes it goes against the basic survival instinct that every every human has there is yeah. a basic survival instinct that just kicks in you end up fighting for your life <clears throat> it just happens yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he, his character and his and his um, his change. Um, obviously, when he when he killed the the Afghan interpreter, yes. was a turning point. But then it kind of went more more so when he started to um, question Constantine uh, yes. in this, the because Constantine was showing signs of kind of wanting to get to know the people and understand things. Um, but I think the biggest factor was you know, in, the, in the helicopter, where the helicopter drops, and they're like, "Oh, we've the, the two other tank crew are like, oh, we're saved, we're saved," um, yeah. and he's like, "Get off the helicopter, get in the tank." I'm like, what the fuck? That's mental. The yeah, fact about that actually is that you can't run a tank on helicopter fuel. It's totally different. I read that up. Okay, so it must be spare. There must have had spare tank fuel, obviously, because I think it's a different grade of fuel. Uh, it's Probably. not even. Yeah. It, I think it's. Um, it's not even petrol, diesel, or something else. I forgot. It's called uh, something. Ah, oh, damn! I used to know this. I've got it, but yeah, it's completely different, and it looks different as well. Yeah, so that was a bit of a bit of a plot point that was wrong, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, ordering them off and order them off that helicopter. But as they said, though, is that, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we getting off there? And he said, well, we've been shot on the other side. They would have just fucking shot us as soon as we got off the helicopter for desertion. Do you remember that? Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember. That, 
And and that's true of the Soviets. Well, I mean, if you go back yeah. to the Second World War, they were shooting their own men left, right, and fucking centre for disobeying orders or retreating or whatever. They were just fucking killing them. And that, that's why some some say that Stalin won the war because that was a threat. Well, I mean, it's a pretty serious threat, isn't it? You don't go out there yeah. and die. We'll shoot you. It will shoot shoot you ourselves. And I know that a lot of their commanders as well. They failed. Yeah, they used they to be given a pistol. One, yeah. Given a pistol yeah. and asked to shoot themselves. Yeah. Fucking hell. No, yeah, I so. think uh, there were only a few commanders uh, who actually didn't see that, like Zukov, uh, who was the biggest hero of the Soviet Union during the Second World War. Yeah, but that's cool. I, I watched a bit of another movie um, by the week. I was just looking through them, Enemy of the Gates, and it was doing oh, Stalingrad yeah. war, uh, war, and mm-hmm. they were going f- across the lake, and the Germans were bombing them. And some of them tried to jump off. And every time they jumped off into the lake, the commanders were just getting their uh, guns out, bang, straight into the head or behind uh, in the back to into the heart. Like I don't care if you're trying to save yourself; you're not swimming and escaping. You're coming across the other side, and you think, it's "Mad, isn't it? What the hell are you trying to do? You're killing." A lot of resource, one thing. Two, that means you don't have any, no human feelings. Well, yeah, it's all for the big. It's all for the bigger, <clears throat> bigger picture, isn't it? All for the greater good of the Soviet, you know, the Communist Party and stuff. It was a, in, in the Soviet motherland or whatever it was they called it. Yeah, they called um, it Mother Russia, didn't they, or Mother whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's what it is. So you, as an individual, are not bigger. Than, than the party, you are not bigger than the state, you know, so no. you're, you're nothing. I do remember in that film, Enemy at the Gates, I do remember also that they were sending two men out at a time, one had a rifle, the other had ammunition, so one got hit, they either picked up the ammunition or the rifle and carried on. Yeah, that's right. And, it, it got to a point where they didn't have enough rifles or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, it's one of those... Um, Makes you think. Even when we watched this movie, there wasn't enough ammunition uh, in the tank. There wasn't enough fuel. Didn't have enough men. If you really think about it, because they mm. got rid of one of them and left him behind to, uh, with a grenade to his head. Yeah. Why? Well, it's just to... a slow, slow way to die, isn't it? Yeah, but what I'm trying to say, why? You need to survive. You need every person there. What you do, you don't do that. If you've got that sort of grudge, you finish the uh, sort of mission, and then before you get to the um, base, you go, oh, by the way, Hornstein, can you just pick that up? So Or whatever. And he's turned around, bang, straight through the head, and that's it. You've done your revenge. You go, oh, we, we did this because he was actually going to desert. Um, well. <clears throat> um, I think that was the point of the, of the whole point yeah. of the film, wasn't it? It's just to depict that commander just yeah. just went off. He just snapped, and that was it. Yeah. He, was, he had his own death, death wish, and he was going to just take everyone with him in the end. Um, I mean, the tank, they did no repairs on the tank whatsoever. I mean, it did bloody well, that tank, to get as far as it did. So, <laughs> I wish we went back through the valley as well. It's like, fucking, are you mental? Well, I think if what... I was one of the guys, one of the tank crew members, I think I would have shot the commander. At one point, I would have taken him out and said, "Fuck this!" I would have done it when I was on the uh, helicopter because they're the weapons, and he was there. And before he got to the tank, bang, shot him and said, "Let's go." 
Uh, I'm sure the helicopter guys would have said he had no problems. Well, you just don't know, do you? As I say, no. you know, no one's bigger than the party. No. So I thought um, the particular bit where they go to the, the water hole that they're previously poisoned, they find that entire helicopter crew dead. Yes. And it's, a, just, it's another point in the film, isn't it, where you realise that, gosh, this guy really is fucking lost it. Yeah. Just a complete scorched earth policy on everything. They are just destroying everything. They are on a road to complete destruction. And he killed his own, and when he saw that, he killed his own uh, people by poisoning the uh, yeah. uh, lake or not lake, a pond, uh, whatever it was. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I did think that was quite interesting tactics being displayed in this film where they're poisoning water holes and stuff and, you know, the gas and whatnot. I thought at the very beginning of this film, it's a very effective escape policy, isn't it? I mean, you've got people following you in a desert, so you poison the water so they can't, you know, they drink it and they die. Makes perfect sense, I suppose. You're trying to get away with your life. But uh, it backfires. Yeah. And... uh... I also think, um, as you say, the commander was in was in war since he was eight years old. Because I'm sure he might have been a commander in the Vietnam War, as the Soviets were sort of indirectly or directly involved with that as well. But didn't he mention that? I'm sure he mentioned at some point he was involved. In, I don't know. I could be wrong, but he may have done. I'm, yeah, but you're right. Uh, it's about the brain. Uh, basically gave up, in my opinion. And I'm not entirely too sure why they took and they destroyed that village in the first place. Was it that they were hunting Mujahideen? Yes, I think they were were hunting the Mujahideen because another guy they crushed with a tank, I think he was a commander of the uh, Mujahideen as well as being the head of that uh, village. That's right. He actually asked them, didn't he, where are the rest of them? Yeah. Yeah. So they were just hunting, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember as a kid hearing Mujahideen a lot on TV. Like Mujahideen shot down a Soviet helicopter. Mujahideen's done this, Mujahideen's done that. Yeah, well, they were built up as the sort of the freedom fighters, weren't they? They were defending their territory. You know, America's piling weapons in there and stuff and helping them out, training them and whatnot to keep back the Russians and stuff. Again, lessons never learned. No, you know, doing it again in Ukraine, just piling weapons in there. That'll bite us in the arse at some point, guaranteed. Yeah, it's um, less to just never fucking learn. Yeah. No, um, the, the, I mean these movies uh, they show us the basics of uh, what really is going on because there's always dirty politics or politics in the background. Someone wants to uh, make sure their interest is always safe, and the other side mm. does not break that. And it, as you say, no one learns that lesson in there. Just keep on doing it. Doesn't matter what the situation is. It's quite well, sad to see people are losing their lives and sacrificing their lives for a cause that really doesn't have to be uh, there if you or have to be fought for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, it's mostly bollocks. And the thing is, like, it gets to the point where history repeats like that. Yeah. Um, when you think, well. Is it a mistake or is this actually part of a tactic? Because they know they know full well that in 20, 30 years' time that this enemy's going to be sat there ready. Yep. And then, therefore, you've got another reason to escalate another war and, you know, it all starts all over again. 
Mm. And the only people that get rich out of war are politicians and bankers anyway. There's only benefit. So Yeah, it's uh, like um <clears throat> I'm just gonna come a little bit forward in history to present day. People are saying it's about the dollar at the moment. The war is basically to preserve the dollar uh as the main currency. Um throughout the world. Some people are saying it's backfired with the sanctions because other countries are looking at different currencies and stuff like that. Yeah. And if that currencies as well. Yes, exactly. So it's that's one interest I'm talking about. Some of it's about uh, geopolitics where how can I be on someone's doorstep who's the main enemy? So for example, in those days it was the Soviets. So then they wanted to make sure that uh, America had a foot in Afghanistan and built a doorstep on the Soviet Union just to say, hi, guys, we're here. You know, if you if there's a Cold War, if there's going to be a uh, war between the Soviets, we, we could have a missile in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. And people don't realise Pakistan is also a US ally. So those two are quite close to what was the Soviet border at the time. So, yeah, it's all those uh, yeah. geopolitics about currencies, all that stuff. And these movies are just showing us the basic level of things that are happening. We don't know. We don't see the rest. It's not actually fought on the battlefield. It's fought in government offices and uh, presidential offices and phone calls and all that stuff and more. Yeah. So bringing this um this discussion back around to the movie um yeah they they keep saying the mujahideen keep saying that you know one you know wait always be a russian and always be a russian and it kind of surprised me the ending of this film where yeah. he decides to get on that rescue helicopter and gets winched up and taken away that surprised me actually i was fully expecting this movie to end with him kind of you know putting on the old thing on his head and wearing a yeah. waistcoat and whatnot and a skirt or whatever it is they wear yeah. and um flip-flops sandals and stuff and just live his life you know herding goats or whatever but yeah. he didn't he said yeah you know what i'm off i'm going I back think, to russia i think what made him change his mind is when that lady comes uh back with loads of blood and the commander's uniform saying I am really Russian aren't I? Or Soviet That's a and good I point think, actually I hadn't um, said that but, And I yeah, think that, that's what he realised and that's why I think that was a bit where he changed his mind. I think up to that point if you think about when he was talking, was it Tej, Tej the leader of the Rijo Hadid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think to that point he had convinced him that he will be part of them. And he gave him that gun, special gun or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a front-loaded musket, wasn't it? That looks like it was kind of from the 1800s or something, that rifle. So I guess it had a sort of importance. Yes. And uh, he gave him that saying, ah, you're part of our gang, you're going to be part of the Mujahideen. And then he saw this uniform and he thought, nah, I'm going to die whatever way. Yeah, I'm um, gonna be asleep, and this bitch is gonna cave my head in with a fucking rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he thought he might as well go uh, go uh, to the Soviet base and get uh, lined up against the wall and shot or something. Shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just lie because there's no survivors, so he could have lied right. about the whole incident and got his way out of it that way. Who knows? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I hadn't considered that aspect of it. Good point. Yeah. Um. 
I even like the music on this film, actually. The ending the yeah. ending music as the credits rolled, I thought was quite good. Very haunting. I found it very haunting. and deep. It makes you think deep about what those uh, actual Soviet soldiers went through and what the Mujahideen went through. Uh, but it does... How can I say? I, I went into the soldiers' mind when I heard that music going, I'd be shitting myself if I was in that tank going... I'm in the middle of the desert. I don't know this country. Mm. I've got no arms with me beside the stuff on the tank. Maybe some machine guns. That's not going to be useful against 20 to 50 people, 100 people after us if the tank seizes. And when these yeah. guys killed, I think they killed badly, uh, the Mujahideen. It wasn't just shooting uh, aircraft and tanks and stuff like that. I think they... Did more than that, I think. Um, yeah, I think they've done, yeah, they're, they're done enough yeah. fucking devious shit to really just it was past the kind of oh, you know, we're sorry, hands up, you know, well, you know, we're sorry. No, no. it was long past that, yeah. so there's no chance that they were going to get out of that alive, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, funny enough, because uh, the other two uh, he asked for mercy for the other two. They sort of said, "Yeah, we'll let them go, but we'll take one of the one of the guy's boots and let Holden um, go along with his boots." So they let them escape, but I'm sure they got killed on the way somewhere in the valley. Uh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, there's no way they would have been picked off by some other band of Mujahideen or just died out in the desert, you know, from uh, dehydration, starvation. Yeah. Exactly, and. As we saw, the commando just uh, commander had problem with his arm and he and his legs, and he just fell over, and that lady just smashed him to pieces uh, with rocks, his skull, and yeah. stuff like that, which we didn't see, but that what what was implied with uh, the splatter of blood yeah. on her face. And they um, they, I mean, the stoning was also they tried to do that with Constantine when he was tied to the rock as well, and that that. Afghani woman just getting that last rock in there before the, the, the guys turned up and stopped her. She just threw that last <laughs> rock in there. <laughs> you bust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was quite funny, that bit, actually. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the bit, that ending bit where the, the commander is walking away, you notice his right hand is all sort of like this. Yeah. But, because they break his, his own tank crew. They, they break his fingers to take his hand off the grenade. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I saw hear that. Were... Hear it cracking and that is a breaking his fingers. Like, Fuck, you know, sort of the level of detail that this movie went into with that because modern movies would just be like, oh, snatch a grenade out of his hand or wrestle the grenade out, it would have dropped on the floor and rolled away. Someone would have had to grab it quick or something. But this, and they're snapping his fingers, shows the level of desperation and stuff. Not only that, I think the Soviets had that method. Been they uh, if we can't do it uh, civilized way, we break fingers and get get it sorted out. They've shown that about the Soviets quite a lot uh, in movies. So I remember watching Red Heat with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he was a police officer, and he's questioning a guy in the uh, police station in um, the state. And um, okay, I think it was Belushi who was the American cop, and he asked this guy. He asked him some questions and it didn't work. So Arnold basically goes and breaks his fingers or something or something like that. And uh, he he answers the question. And then he turns around and goes, uh, uh, Soviet method 
economical or something like that. I made a joke out of it. But yeah, I remember that easily. So we've always had an impression that the Soviets were these hard nuts uh, and weren't very friendly people, uh, which in a way it's... For a long time, I felt that I was really going, oh, bloody hell, these Russians are really, like, you know, they've got a straight face, miserable, all they think about is, like, <laughs> we can kill you, uh, like, just like this, and we'll break you. But then again, um, why don't we say, about 10 years after this movie, uh, when I went to London to study, I met a few Russians, and they were polite and really nice people, really welcoming. I went to their houses and stuff like that, as because they were friends. Completely different to the impression that we were given about Russians or the Soviet people. No, we I never mentioned it to them, but I thought, all oh, right. Well, people are people, aren't they? At the end of the day, yeah. People are always the people have always been people, and what you've got to remember is with most people, the vast majority of people, they're not there to hurt you. No. The only reason that people go to wars and stuff like that is because it's all manufactured and being ramped up by people in power. Yeah. But the average person on the street, they don't want to go to war with anyone. They want to get pissed off with people from time to time. The neighbour plays the music too fucking out. I'd like to kick his head in. But they don't do it. No. You know, it's, you know, <clears throat> twat keeps parking, blocking my driveway. I'm going to smash his face in. But ultimately, it doesn't. It just doesn't happen that way. No. Most people don't want to hurt other people. So I'm not surprised saying, at that at all. Yeah, but what, 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 why I'm saying I'm surprised is it's amazing how much brainwashed we were during the Cold War in the 80s, where you and I are old enough. I don't know if you were into your stuff at uh, that age sort of thing, no. but I, I was because it was just me. I, I don't know, for some reason, I found um, international affairs really interesting as a kid and very, very, very uh, surprised because of that that how we were brainwashed that these people are like robots and that you're a shit. They'll do anything. They'll kill you if to survive. Nothing like that at all. Hmm. Probably some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I think I'm, I've got through most of my, well, all of my points actually on this movie. Um, yeah. Should we, do you have any more you want to bring up? Or should we score it? I think uh, it's good if we score it because I think we're going too much into... Other, other shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more like a, a chat with a, a, a movie review kind of in there. Yeah. But, well, yeah, fuck it. So what? I mean, it's just conversation it, between two people. Thank so, you. do you want to go first or should I? I don't mind. I'll go first if you want. Yeah. You want to? Yeah. Go on. uh, I am going to give it a really good score, I think, for what it was. Because it's the closest I've actually seen to something which was like a proper... When I mean proper, true war movie, they showed the actual effects of war rather than glorifying an individual soldier or a unit and making it over the top. Oh, my God, that person, like, kills 50 people and escapes and yeah, all that shit. And don't show us the real truth how many people die and stuff like that. So I'm going to give it a solid seven because it was right. to the point. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's high praise coming from you. The man that gives films ones and twos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's good. Uh, had, you, had you ever heard of this film before? Today? No, no. All One thing I did, I think, brought some sort of memory back to me was the first bit when I saw the tank going over that person. I felt like I'd seen it before, but I, I'm sure I haven't sort of thing. You know, mm. there's bits where you think you may have seen something. Uh, yeah. But you know, I've never heard, never heard of this movie before, and never seen it before, as far as I remember. Sort of thing. No, no, neither have I. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it this morning. I thought, actually, yeah, this is pretty damn good. And what you said about you know not uh, making it heroic and and whatnot. Um, I suppose the last real war movie that I saw that does do that is that Fury with Brad Pitt. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, they're, they're stuck in a tank. Very, very similar situation. The tank's fucked. There's a group of them trying to survive in a tank. And they're just shooting down like, like tens of Vaf and SS. Just, you know, shoot. And they're just dropping like flies. And it's fucking ridiculous. You know, yeah. I don't know if you're supposed to sit there and just go, yeah, ridiculous. But well, you, know, you saying that just triggered that memory in my mind, just fucking yeah. mowing people. Yeah. If I can quickly come back to that point, what you're saying uh, about don't forget <clears throat> these Hollywood movies um, that make America look like they were more powerful than they were during the Second World War because the real leaders in technology were the Germans. So mm -hmm. they yeah. didn't fall down just like flies. They're, it was more than that. There were things that happened in the background that, again, we probably won't be told for another 60 or 70 years what really happened and why they collapsed etc that doesn't mean we're saying that uh that the germans were nice people because they were assholes but we don't know the truth in the background that's what what it is uh, we didn't go just go over them kill them overnight and the war was finished in one day this is the sort of things that these movies do and this movie didn't do that yeah yeah i agree yeah. okay well um because I'd never heard of this film, I'd never seen this film, I watched this for the first time today, I actually gave this an 8 rating because really? I thought it was that good. There were, there were flaws in it. I mean, you know, as I've mentioned before, there was a few tropes in it with the, the guy, the, the thinker, the intellectual, questioning everything and that kind of stuff. We've seen that before. Um, yeah. But... I like the performances in this movie. I definitely thought that George D, George Jazun, whatever his name is, I thought he strong performance from him. Um, even the guy that played Constantine, Jason Patrick, I thought that was a very good performance from him. And I'm surprised he's not been in any more movies, or well, in you know a lot more movies oh. than he is because he's got the look and he's, he can act. Very believable. Oh. And Stephen Bauer, that's. Impressive performance from him. I, you know, he's a, I mean, Manny from Scarface is the only way that I know him from, anything I know him from, and a few TV appearances. But yeah, I'm surprised his career didn't take off. Yeah, very surprised. He's a very good actor. But then again, when I saw him, I thought, no, nah, it's not him. It's not him from Scarface. And then it was him. Now I just yeah. think he was going to say, hey, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, that just proves yeah. how good an actor he is. That famous scene where he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Does he get slept? Doesn't he get slept after that or something? Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, he goes up to a, yeah, he goes up to a couple of women, didn't he? Because they're in Miami Beach, and they yeah, yeah. 
And he tries yeah. it and gets slapped, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Great fuck, fuck you, lesbians. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you said, yeah. Yeah. But amazing actor. It just proves what a great actor he is because I'm sure he actually learned how to speak the language as well. Uh, yeah, that's impressive. They must have all done that. They must have yeah. all learned well, certain bits. But they weren't, yeah. Obviously, they didn't speak it fluently, but learned what they had yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very impressive. Wow. Very yeah. impressive, yeah. Yeah. So seven from you and eight from me. That's not bad going. No. Yeah. Uh, why don't we say I would say to Justin as he's not here, and he, if he hasn't watched the movie, watch it. Just it's him being in the army. I don't know if he's seen action um, or hasn't or did see action. He would probably relate to how true this movie is compared to other movies like Rambo where he kills 500 people and comes out uh, to the American base and then causes hell oh you, you left me alone and blah blah no this was to the point how war is it's cruel business on both sides doesn't matter who's got advanced technology who's got the rocks people die and it kill basically it brings heartbreak to both sides and it it it, it brought to that this movie actually brought it to us rather than making someone look like a bloody hero and we forget oh yeah him killing five hundred people <laughs> doesn't matter oh, they're not human are they yeah they hmm. that bullets didn't really hurt them they 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 they, they just died in this you actually feel the hurt on both sides mm. yeah yeah okay should we um should we wrap it up there then Maybe yeah sure. We've talked about it enough. Um, well, what I'll just do our outro then. So, thank you for watching, or if you're uh, listening on a podcast, thank you for listening. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know what, I'm not even gonna do the like and subscribe stuff anymore. If people want to like the stuff that we do, that's great. If people want to subscribe, that's fine. But I think I'm not gonna mention it again after this. People just yeah. do what you fucking like, follow us, whatever, do what you fucking like. We're doing this mostly because. It gives us something to do and we like doing it so join us or don't i'm going to second i'm gonna i'm going to second that we're doing it for uh joy uh it's for enjoyment it's for satisfaction do something on a sunday evening and yeah. uh yeah uh, i mean it's basically enjoying it more than anything we're not like some youtubers who think about oh we're going to make money out of it or whatever the case is we are enjoying it it's about enjoyment doing something that we love yeah. and we like watching movies simple as that yeah I mean I think it's a trap that everyone falls into I know I did for a little while you know no. you're chasing the algorithm and chasing social media likes and stuff but no change your mindset this is why we're doing the live stream now so you can join in if you want to you can participate and send us comments and stuff and hopefully people will at some point you know, join in jump in see if they've got something to contribute to our movie reviews that'd be nice um, but yeah, we, we, the, the live streaming frees us up to do other things. It's quite quite nice. It's, um, it's quite nice just to talk freely as well, not in a structured format. So, yeah, let's leave it there. So, thanks for watching and listening. Well, uh, we'll speak to you next week. I'll be out on the social media and letting people know what the movie we do. So, thanks for watching. Thank you very much, and good night for me as well.